The Indianapolis Colts select the Draft Indie Podcast. Alright, welcome to the Draft Indie Podcast. It's been a long time, so you may not know who's all here. I'm Grant Sinning, I'm your host. Joined tonight by Alex Jacobson. In everyone's favorite, JV3, James Vermeil. Hey guys, how are you surviving the coronavirus outbreak? I got a Switch on Sunday, so that is how I am surviving. I have played through all of Pokemon Sword uh, and am now taking suggestions for my next game. Hmm. I would say for the Switch, I really enjoyed... Oh man, what was the name of that game? Um, well, Mario Kart always, but I did enjoy the Mario game. Um, I can't Mario Super Mario Odyssey. That's mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I've got yeah. a bunch of other games I just stopped playing like Switch, um, but enjoyable. No, that's good. I know Jay's got Jay. You've got a Switch, right? No, no, no Switch yet. I gotta get one soon. I'm gonna have to get one if I'm on quarantine much longer because uh, <laughs> I'm coming at you guys from Ground Zero of Washington State. Yeah, yeah. That's the cases popping up all over the place. I think we'll see it. So social distancing is good, but good news for people who pay attention to the draft. We've been practicing social distancing for a long time, <laughs> so we are good to go. Um, so we thought because there's everyone's going to get quarantine, fun stuff, social distancing. Whatever, I can't say that word. Um, but we thought maybe it would be time to uh, bring it back. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll hat tip Jay on this. Um, what is dead may never die. Um, I it rises stronger and more powerful. <laughs> yeah, so what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to slowly bring it back. Uh, I don't know what it looks like. We thought we'd get some takes on a free agency. Um, as it's supposed to kick off on Wednesday, uh, we'll see if that happens. Who knows? The world's gone absolutely crazy in a matter of three or four days. So um, we'll just have to see what that looks like. But I think it's a good time for us to kind of talk about uh, free agents as it comes up, who we like, uh, who we don't like, uh, and what you know, kind of what those needs are going into free agency. Um, so I'll, I'll just get us started right off the bat. First thing that I want to see for this free agency period is I know he said he's coming back, but I'd like to see that Costanzo deal inked in paper. Um, I, I think that's priority number one. I think we still got to get there. I, he said he's going to come back. Well, Ballard said he's going to come back, but that was a few weeks back, and we still haven't heard anything. I'm not necessarily nervous, but that is a huge like domino for the entire off season. Um, he's got to come back. Um, I think he's 31. Um, so I'm expecting a three to four year deal with pretty heavy cap in the first year. That's how they've been doing their deal in the first two years. That's kind of how they've been handling those deals lately. Um, but I mean, you guys, like if he doesn't come back, we're, I mean, you're, we're kind of absolutely screwed, right? I'd say, um, I think 13 is an interesting spot for a future tackle, but in terms of the, the sort of immediate, yeah, there's not really 
a great option in free agency. Um, you don't want to move Braden to left tackle. You don't want to move any, I don't know, you don't want to start Raven Clark if he's still on the team, any of our bench tackles. Um, it's So, yeah, I, I'm assuming he's coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, if maybe they just don't come anything or don't they uh, only come to a one year deal or something like that where if he's sort of uncommitted on his future maybe you uh, build that into the contract but um, so but I expect him to be back but I think that's the first immediate uh, domino to fall though I would expect that I think the most important one what I'm looking for really is the quarterback and that's sort of what it all comes down to and. I think we're going to learn a lot about what their evaluation is of the draft class, of their own quarterbacks, of the free agency class when they either sign somebody or don't. And so obviously that we're looking at Rivers, maybe Brady, uh, hopefully not Andy Dalton or something, maybe Bridgewater. Uh, you never really know, but um, Dak is still the dream. But yeah, so I think that what I'm looking for is just what's going to happen to quarterback. That's my sort of immediate, that's where I'm going day one when free agency opens are there Philip Rivers is in negotiations with the Colts notifications. I guess it would be interesting. Yeah, of, of the dominoes there without getting into other players yet, Costanzo is the biggest one. Uh, I believe Ballard had said that they're looking to do a, a year-to-year thing with Costanzo, so I would probably guess it'd be like a year or two. Um, because right now, I, if he's still already mulling retirement, you can't really sign him to a long-term deal and feel too confident in it, I don't think. So they're probably looking at a, a year or two. It'd probably be like a two-year deal, a bunch of money in the first year situation, and then next year they'll reevaluate, which is going to have implications in the draft too um, that we'll get to. But yeah, the biggest ones, obviously, quarterback is most important. Yeah, so I now after I've said my thoughts out loud and listen to Alex for a few minutes. I'm wondering if a Costanzo deal isn't contingent on what the new CBA looks like, which is obviously a huge domino to fall, which I believe it being Saturday night tonight is the last night for the CBA. So we might get some crazy news coming out, you know, after midnight or tomorrow, you know, just kind of depending on how that falls. Um, and just to put a pause on the free agency talk, the deal as proposed for the players is an absolute joke and a travesty so i really hope that they don't pass it um because it's a 10-year contract negotiation and that is such a long time and we don't know or they don't know right i'm not i'm not in it but they don't know the impact of what gambling revenue is going to look like and that is such a you know that is such a huge thing um they, they can say they can lock it in right um but you know until they have some firm measures on what that gambling revenue actually looks like and they're just willing to jump right into it um, without having some of that uh, that full view full full blown view of what that looks like they could be losing a lot of money for themselves and I, I just think that the players need to take that into consideration I know a lot of the vocal leaders in the NFLPA have voted no um, and it's really interesting because um Russell Okung actually has filed an injunction with the with the NLRB, um, which is the National Labor Relations Board, um, and has said that uh, um, Deep Podesta, who's the president of the NFLPA, has not done um, his job and has deliberately kept people out of negotiations and has deliberately like 
bypassed some of their like executive committee type stuff and trying to get this deal passed, um, which obviously is a huge, um, huge deal. Um, so I, I, it, it'll be interesting, and I think tonight is the night we'll find out some information of that. Um, you know, after after midnight or probably tomorrow, depending on how that news will get reported. But with news cycle being so incredibly fast, it wouldn't surprise me if that comes out. Um, but yeah, so back, sorry, that, that's a little rant on my, on my side, but, um, you know, Alex, I think you're right. I, I, when it comes to this entire off season, the entire off season, the story has been, and will be quarterback because we said it here on through our Twitters, cause we didn't have a podcast growing, but Jay and myself and some others were very vocal this entire year starting with like week two that Jacoby Brissett was not the right quarterback moving forward after uh, Andrew Luck's sudden retirement back uh, at the end of July, August, whatever, I think it was August. Um, So quarterback, Um, it'll be interesting. I I think my favorite um, of all of those listed, uh, my favorite plan, I guess, because there's two different types, right? I will I think all of the all of the scenarios are pretty much the same. It's a bridge quarterback deal and hopefully draft a rookie or it's a bridge quarterback this year and next year draft a quarterback sometime in the next 2 years. Um I would say in that scenario my favorite is probably going to be Philip Rivers just because he's got familiarity with Sirianni and Reich. Uh but I I'm not really sure um how much he's got left in the tank. I've looked over like the accuracy charts and stuff. Um, you know, that doesn't really tell a whole lot. doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, one of the stats that was really interesting was the Colts had the third longest time to throw, uh, last year, which is indicative of the O-line. It's also indicative of the fact that Jacoby doesn't know when to throw the ball away. Um, and Phillip Rivers and the Chargers had the third, uh, shortest time to throw, um, which, is probably system um, trying to get the ball out. It's also indicative of the O line. I think there's there's give or take. So putting him with an offensive line that can actually pass rush for a little while, I think is ideal. Um, his accuracy charts. He wasn't necessarily super accurately super accurate deep. Uh, our offense is not necessarily predicated on the deep shot. It helps play action helps, um, but he was very accurate. Um, you know between. Uh, 10 and 15 yards, um, which is good, especially with the wide receivers that we have. And the idea is to put the ball in their hands, let their speed take over. Um, so I, I think, I think I would be inclined to say that Phillip Rivers is my favorite of the free agent quarterbacks. Um, and I think that's what Alex said. Jay, what do you think? You might be muted. Sorry about that. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Muted myself. Um, yeah, I agree of the, if you're not counting uh, Dak Prescott, who's almost certainly not going to reach actual free agency. Yeah. Rivers is by far my favorite of the free agents. Um, only one that really would be of any interest would be Teddy Bridgewater. And I've always been a pretty good fan of Teddy, but I wouldn't want to commit to him long-term. I don't think that that's a, there, there's a pretty hard ceiling on Bridgewater where I don't feel like that's someone that I'd want running the offense for the next five years. So with Rivers, I think they could be a capable uh, playoff contender next year pretty easily um, with the team that they have right now. 
and then that's your bridge to the future and you draft a quarterback this year. I think everybody's pretty well settled on that's the best option available to them. No matter what, you need to draft a quarterback unless you're getting someone like Dak Prescott, and that's probably not going to happen. No, they already said – I think they've already used the tag on, on Dak, so that's just not happening. That just makes it even less likely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless there's a tag and trade, which that's not that's not going to happen. So um, I, I do think Bridgewater would be an interesting bridge quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, but if we wanted to get real freaky, I think Jameis Winston would be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how much he costs. Like I'm sure he'd be. All right, I, I lied. That's actually my favorite option. That's your, that's your favorite option. That's by far my favorite option out of the non-DAC scenarios. Go ahead. Why? Oh, I mean, what's not to love about that? I mean, he got his vision fixed. It's all over. Like, it's going to be the 30 zero club pretty soon. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Jameis is, uh, he's great. Um, I think, honestly, like, Bruce Arians is sort of touted as this great mastermind. And if it's not going to work with him, it's not going to work with anybody. But he is sort of, uh, uh, plays to Jameis's strengths in a way where it's he's not going to fundamentally change anything about how he plays. He's just going to make the highs a little higher. We saw that. The Tampa offense was really productive. They had two really great receivers, and they were able to put points up on against anybody. And then he obviously then also had the turnovers, which I don't think Bruce Arians is really known to minimize. And so I think the idea of getting a quarterback who can actually play deep and get those really high-value plays downfield – um, a, with a coordinator like Reich, who or Reich and Sirianni, who um, if not who, uh, well, sure they took Jacoby's number, interception numbers down, which is fine. That's mostly Jacoby's fault, we should say. But I, I think Luck. I mean, as much as we loved him, he was sort of an interception guy too, and he had his, I believe, his lowest in his career. Uh, under Reich, and that's sort of indicative of maybe the type of offense they want to play. And I just think Jameis is a really interesting skill set to match that. And I think getting him out of Tampa, getting him with a new offense, because uh, I, I don't love how Arians used the personnel in Tampa, nor how uh, any other coordinator has called for him in the past, other than Arians. Um, I, I don't know. I really like, because I, with Rivers, I don't know if Rivers, I don't know if there's any reasonable path to a contender with rivers as your bridge quarterback i think Jameis gives you a ton of options uh and a ton of high uh high value outcomes that are sort of not present within some of the other uh older uh top grady rivers quarterbacks that are out there so i also think uh what taking Jameis and sort of putting your eggs in that lets you if not uh wait on quarterback until you see him for a full year, maybe that gets you into the later rounds where you look at maybe you're not taking love at 13, which though we're sort of resigned to and maybe secretly kind of like isn't probably a slam dunk, at least we'll say that. Um, then you can look at some really interesting things like Hertz on day two or the uh, Washington State guy on day three or any of these sort of later round options to complement that so i really like that allocation of resources more than i do a rivers love or a rivers from or something like that pairing i want to say this we'll get to quarterbacks in another at another time um but my take on from is hell fucking no um so hopefully that's their take on from that dude is a wimp 
Um, I'll, I'll break out the W word. He's a wimp. Um, and we'll talk about it. I, I just really just dislike him as a quarterback option, so hopefully we stay the hell away from him. Um, but anyways, so with Bridgewater, or not Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Alex, I agree with everything you're saying. But I think for me and, like, high-variance plays and all that kind of stuff, that's good. But, man, you know what would be awesome? Fun football again. And honestly, Jameis is fun. Have you ever seen this guy get, like, chased around? Like, the dude just moves around. He's hilarious. Um, he gets sacked, like, in funny ways. Um, he's thrown hilarious interceptions. And, yeah, oh, man, we don't want interceptions. We don't want that or whatever. But, man, he throws some life into it. And last year, the the 2019 Colts team had zero life. It was boring. It was just awful to watch. Like, it really was. Like, there were some good defensive plays, and there was some good running. Like, if you like the run game, that's cool. But trying to watch that offense throw the ball downfield, do anything, was just terrible. And Jameis will bring some fun to it, even if there's interceptions. I'm all for it. I just want some fun football again, and he would be the perfect candidate for that. Um, I just don't know, um, you know, I don't know what his contract will look like. I don't know, you know, how long he wants a contract for, if they even trust that type of a player in the locker room. Um, You know, Ballard has said this year he's willing to spend, um, but I don't think that he'll come off his... um, you know, his mantra, they've got to be the right guys, right? So I guess we'll just kind of have to to wait and see. But I think for me, I'd go Phillips 1, uh, or yeah, Rivers 1, Winston 2, uh, Bridgewater 3. I don't want Tom Brady, I'm sorry. Um, he fell off the cliff. Um, and he's one of the triad of the, of the devil himself. So I don't necessarily just want that on my team. Um, so... I think that's, I think that's that's where I stand. Um, I don't really know of any other quarterbacks that I would be even interested in. Man, if they traded for Dalton, I'd be super sad. Um, to your point earlier, Alex. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, yeah, let's move on. Uh, that's a good conversation on quarterback. Um, we're getting back into it. You're listening to Draft Any Podcast. Uh, Jay or Alex, where do we want to go next? What position do we want to talk about? Defensive tackle is probably the next one of the biggest needs on the team, and there are a ton of defensive tackles available, or maybe defensive line. Let's go with defensive line. Um, Jay, you get to offer someone a contract for 100 million rolls of toilet paper, which is a lot of money nowadays. That's like, that's like $6 billion now. Who, who are you giving the contract to? Uh, I'd probably give it to Clowney. Um, I have my reservations about Clowney being a big signing and, and everything, but for this free agency period and all the money that they have, you're really not going to find a better defensive line uh, player. Uh, unless we're branching outside defensive line, then it's obviously uh, Byron Jones. But on defensive line, I'd give it to Clowney. I would... I would agree. I think he's like a sheared plus plus. Like he's a sheared that can go inside if you need to, right? Um, like you can do so many things. He's so versatile. I think, and I think, and, and I'm pretty sure that's what he did in Seattle as well, um, where he was playing in some, he was moving inside some. Um, 
Spot Track, yeah, Sport, Sport Track, Sport Track, um, has his contract at a lot. I mean, I believe it is a hundred million dollar contract um, for him. Um, I'm actually look that up while we're talking, but I think he would be probably the most impactful player we or uh, the most impactful defensive lineman we could we could sign because if you look in the context of the roster. Houston is a is a is a pass rusher, right? Um, and he's playing mostly on pass rush downs. Um, he played a little bit against the run, but we were kind of getting depleted. Um, but having Clowney as that pres that always on the field presence, um, kind of like Shear did, um, but has the ability to move inside allows you to get like some cool packages, right? You could have Houston, Autry, Clowney. Um, Toure when he gets back or Banigou or something, you know what I mean? You can have that like NASCAR package. Um, he's not had the best stats, right? I mean, I, I don't feel like it, that's a, that's a large stretch to say he hasn't had, um, you know, some of the best, some of the best stats in the whole world. Um, no, to my knowledge, he doesn't even hit 10 sacks in a season, which is going to be the, the thing that people will point at. And he, he's not a great pass rusher. But he's a pretty good pass rusher, and he's really disruptive. Yeah, and I mean, you're overpaying for that, but when you've got a what was that? Dollars... What was that playoff game that he just took over last year? Was it? The, I think it was the Packers, or no, it was the Eagles one. It was one of those where he just. I've never, that was one of the best performances out of any defensive player all of last year. Is him when they needed it most, just like they couldn't run anything on him and. I think that's what you're getting. You're not really paying for like the top tier pass rusher and you never want to pay that much for a run defender. I guess you're just paying for sort of a disruptor and somebody you have to, as an offensive coordinator, account for. He's not my number one free agent on the board. He's probably three behind Winston and somebody or Dak, I guess, but Dak doesn't count. Winston and somebody else we're going to talk about, I'm sure. But he, I think that's a fine use of resources. Four years, a hundred or five years, a hundred million, something like that. I think it's kind of hard to swallow. But he he's that good. So Spot Track has um David Jadavian Clownic calculated market value at a six year one hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Um Ooh. that's 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 a lot, right? How old is he? Uh he is uh twenty seven years old. Jeez, that's I hopefully these are NFL contracts, but so I don't know about the guarantees, but if you're pay that you're paying the end of that. That's that you're uh, that's rough. But those first four years, you're probably getting at least neutral to plus EV. Yeah. So I think that's fine. Another deal, a ba- their base calculated value for Clowney was some seventy seven million over four years, which is about nineteen million. Um, that could be good as a base, right? And then you have you know escalators built in on um, sacks and whatever. But I I mean totally disruptive i i I don't know that's that's the word right um defensive line play is about disruption whether it comes from a sack which is super important or if it comes from having two offensive linemen you know take care of you the whole time right that that is that's important as well if you can rush four you rush four um so i i would i would love to see it plus the fact that he'd get to play houston twice a year and i'm sure that would be fun for him um and he got traded for peanuts really didn't he i mean his he got traded 
for a couple offense or a couple of like uh, like a uh, linebacker and a third round pick or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. So I mean, he's probably got a bone to pick with them. Um, I I mean, we got so much damn money, right? I mean, we have like ninety million dollars, um, and so I, I I'm 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 there. I I think it would be a lot of fun, um, and it saves us from drafting. Uh, a defensive lineman in the first round, which I am team anti that, um, which again, we'll talk to as we start getting into the draft. Um, but if we don't want to go that expensive, um, there are also some other really good options. Um, so Benjamin Albright, who is typically very good at breaking news, um, has said the, said a while back, that the Colts were very interested in um, Shelby Harris. I think that's his name. Is that right? I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, and so I went to the tape uh, myself and watched a little bit of him. That is like the Ballard signing, right? He's mm-hmm. not super flashy. He's 28 years old. Um, I, he would cost... It's the same thing as the Autry's contract, right? It's that same yeah. sort of philosophy. Yeah, except he's not as much of a pass rusher as Autry. He would be that um that plus plus or that that plus player, that above average player playing at the one three tech, um, which is something we need. Now Grover played really well last year, um, but he's a big dude and probably only needs to be playing twenty, thirty percent of snaps. So you really need three guys there. So Shelby and and three guys and and I'm talking about defensive tackle, and so your three guys would be Autry, Harrison, Stewart. Um, I I would totally be in for a for a Shelby Harris signing. I think he offers a lot in the run game. Now a lot of people are oh you don't want to pay people in the run game. Run game's important. Like we I don't want people to forget that. But it's not like he's a bad pass rusher. He is actually a decent pass rusher. He's not the best pass rusher, um, but he does have those tools. Um, it's not like you're paying him that much. I mean, yeah. you, you're he's going to get not ten what, like to thirteen million a year somewhere in there, um, which is like half of Clowney, right? It's a little higher than I had in mind. That's a little uncomfortable for me, but I guess that's fine. Spot track has him at twelve million. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the thing with Harris that's going to be big deal is apparently uh, he had a just like elite like 90 out of 100, whatever, PFF grade in 2018 uh, when he only played about 300 snaps. And then they increased his snaps a bunch because he was so good that year. And as they increased it, he wore down and wasn't as good anymore. So that's going to be really important. But the good thing there is that the uh, Colts rotate their defensive linemen a lot. So he's not going to be on, he's not going to need to be on the field for, the majority of the snaps, they can rotate him with their multiple tackles like they do with everybody. And uh, it, it's it's going to be a lot of money for what he's going to provide, but that's what you pay for in free agency. And mm-hmm. they just have so much money, they've got to spend it on somebody. they got to spend it somewhere. And, I mean, honestly, CBA, right, we'll find out what that looks like, but they are get, I mean, so the CBA, regardless – what if they accept this one or they go to another one that they'll have to vote and contract on regardless salaries are going up. So, I mean, what we look like as a free agent deal this year and probably two years from now is going to look stupid low. Um, 
So we'll just, I mean, because the, the proposed CBA is something I think they're in the first year, they get a half a percent of the revenue, which is $3 million a team, which in hindsight really doesn't sound like a whole lot. Um, but that should, that escalates up over the course of a few years. I'm not exactly sure where it gets to. Um, but the money. I'm not does... sure the. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact specifics of that, but I think uh, for people who remembered basketball, there was the in 2016 there was this ominous cap spike coming, and that resulted in, or at least influenced in 2015, the year when people expected, if not knew, that was coming. You saw these deals that seemed crazy high at the time, but at the afterwards became. Uh, steals and so I think you I think a Tristan Thompson getting like 16 17 mil and people losing their minds and then he happened to be the center on the championship team that same year so I think um, it's important to keep that in context although if it's sort of these smaller incremental steps rather than a uh, sort of a spike type uh, change that would maybe make that less of a deal but it's something to keep in mind yeah true and we also have to remember the salary cap is based on revenue because salary cap Salary clap. Salary cap is based on the profit sharing model, right? That forty-eight and a half percent that I'm talking about. Um, there is a new TV deal to be negotiated. Um, who knows what that looks like? Um, I'm sure that's going to be the, what, super digital, right? So there's going to be all sorts of streaming and all that kind of stuff. There's going to be a lot of money in this deal that we don't know about, which is the reason the salary cap has gone up so much in the past few years um, is because those those TV deals have escalated, escalated, escalated. Um, and if the players are smart, as I talked about earlier, and worried about the gambling revenue, stuff that they can add in, I don't know what that looks like, right? But it's something that's got to be considered because if that gets tack, tacked into that profit-sharing model, that's even more money, right? So... Um, it, it the salary yeah the, these deals twelve million a year twenty million a year whatever they could look ridiculously high, which they always do, but the salary cap will continue to rise and they won't look necessarily as bad. Um, sorry, back off my tangent. It, you, if you guys don't know me, I'm 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 in human resources management type field. Um, I do I do things in that area, so that's something I'm kind of passionate about um other free agent defensive tackles um malik collins do you guys have any takes on malik collins from dallas yeah he was uh one of the ones um when we first started draft indy that first year when they really needed defensive tackle he was one of my favorite ones that year uh for a mid-round option and since he's gotten in the nfl he's been a pretty good pass rusher um last year he had a he did a really good job rushing the passer uh, versus double teams and still splitting double teams and uh, getting pressure. And he's got the uh, connection with Iberflus, um and fits their defense perfectly. So I think a lot of people kind of expect he's going to be one that's signed and he's going to be a lower amount. He should be under 10 million, I would expect. Yeah. And uh, is a pretty good player. Um, so I think that's a good signing there. He is 24 years old. Um, so that definitely fits the, um, the Ballard mantra, right? Um, decent at run. He's, he's, he's a, he's, is he a run defender, Jay? Or what, what's his, is he a pass rusher? What, what is, what is, I, I don't watch, I didn't watch much, um, 
Cowboys. Uh, he kind of does both. Pretty, he kind of does both pretty well. But uh, I would consider him a better pass rusher than a uh, run defender in general. Um, he was, you know, they've got those graphs that show uh, your uh, percentage versus double teams and your pass rush win rate versus double teams, and he was one of the best in the league. Um, still getting uh, win rates against pass rusher uh, as a pass rusher versus double teams. Yeah. I'm seeing here um, that he played 71% of the snaps in Dallas this year. That's a ton for a defensive tackle. Um, That's quite a lot. Um, But he had four sacks, uh, 15 or 20 tackles, 15 solo tackles. So again, tackles. tackles Four sacks is more than Clowney had. Uh, Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, (laughs) Clowney only had three last year. Um, so yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm down on that. Uh, Javon Hargrave is another one. I think he's going to get a lot more money than people that would expect. Um, he would fit in the Colts system, I think pretty well. Um, I just, I don't watch much Steelers either. Um, but I do know that he is very well thought of. He could be a very interesting, interesting player. He's also very young. Uh, he was drafted super young. If I remember right, um, his market value at the moment on spot track is 15, 14.7 million. Um, so expensive. He would be expensive for a defensive tackle. Um, but it, again, you know, I, I, I am all for paying the money on someone to help on the defensive tackle, defensive line, um, and not drafting one in the first round. I am 100% there. Um, so I'm if this is if this is all preventative measures from drafting <laughs> Derek Brown, then this is a successful free agency. Yes, I, I okay, and 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 I'll say this: I don't have a problem. Like if I would not have a problem with Derek Brown, not at thirteen. If it was a trade down situation, which Ballard probably will end up trading down, um, if there's not a quarterback that he likes, so we'll just have to be prepared for that. Um, but. Nothing against Derek Brown. I just don't think that the value of defensive tackle um, is super high, um, regardless. Um, but then again, people didn't think that guard was super high, and Quinton's changed the offensive mentality of the team almost. Um, I hate to say it like that, but maybe he did. Um, but there are a lot of good defensive tackles, and defensive tackle is an important piece of the of the team. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll move on. Uh, Jay, I, I heard you talk about him earlier. Um, tell me about Byron. Uh, I I know you've you've had a your name was Byron Brink Truck there for a little bit. Um, so let let me ask you this. Talk to me about why you would bring out the Brink Trucks for Byron, and what do you do with the current cornerback group that we have if you sign Byron to a long deal? So. Um... Starting on the second half there, I think if you were to sign him, uh, you basically are using him to replace Pierre Desir, um, and you're going to have uh, Rockison, who improved as the year went on, be your second outside corner, and then Kenny Moore stays in your nickel. And just on paper, at least, that's a pretty pretty formidable um, top three cornerbacks that will probably miss half the season because of bad injury luck. But um, that's a that's a good start. Um, going into a season, having those be your top three corners. Um, 
he's a great fit with the Colts defense. Um, he's really good uh, in sort of an off-man uh, press look. Um, and he's the one thing that's going to be an issue and would make me question whether the Colts would sign him is that he does not intercept the ball. Uh, I believe he's got like two interceptions in his career. And Ballard talks a lot about how he wants, you know, players that, you know, take the ball away and they'll play a bend, don't break. Uh, But he's just a great corner at not allowing quarterbacks to complete the ball, whether it's because he will get a pass breakup or his defense is just so good that they don't even try to throw to him. But he's had uh, two straight years just being an elite corner and you don't see those kind of guys hit the market that often. And if you're going to be spending money on somebody, uh, why not a guy that's probably going to be a top 10 cornerback in the league? I agree with that. Um, I, he, I mean, man, when you talk about like, so when we think about Ballard and the things he tells about players and what he says, he has always been very consistent. And one of the things that he's always consistent about is athletes. And I don't think, there's ever been a cornerback as as athletic as Byron Jones. Is that right? I mean, can you guys remember anybody who's been more athletic than him? Um, I think he's the most athletic player in the combine period. Like ever? Yeah. Like that. I'm pretty sure he's got, it's 99.9 spark. I think. Well, for sure. It's pretty rare error. If if you say that nobody in history has ever done a standing long jump as long as he has, <laughs> that's not just combine. That's anybody Olympic athletes, <laughs> anything. Yeah. But, and then on top of that, he's got like a 44 inch vertical jump and uh, ran a four, three high, four, three low, four, four. He's, he's just a preposterous athlete. He's my, he's my, he's my number one target. I would much rather pay him, significantly rather pay him. I don't know, 18 a mil, 18 million, that's probably twenty million, even if there's a bidding war with all these other poverty franchises that are going to spend on him. Uh, I'd rather spend that money on him than Clowney, because even if you think defensive line is more valuable than corner, I think uh, I think there's cases to be made either way. But I think at least they're comparable. I think Byron's just a significantly better player and the type that can really change your defense, and that's sort of not something you get often on defense because it's sort of the nature of defense not to be fundamentally changed by one player, but I think Byron just gives you so much. And so that's my number one option, especially because the Dallas connections are there with Hebrew flus. The scheme uh, fit is really smooth. So you're not getting a non Osmola type situation or anything like that. So yeah, sign me up. So I'm, as we're talking, I'm pulling up like spot track and things like that. Just, just as like some context to, to, to fill in. Very interestingly enough, his calculated market value is less than Javon Hargraves, and that's preposterous to me. I'm sorry. Javon Hargraves is like a one, pass rushing one tech. And they got Byron at $14.1 million. I would easily pay that. I think he ends up getting closer to $17 million a year. Um, just for the fact, and that would be the highest contract, right? So Xavier Howard got a $15 million deal last year. Um, so his has to be north of that. Um, and, and Xavier Howard, Howard's very good, and he was younger when the contract was signed. Um, but again, as we go through, we talk about CBA and all that kind of stuff, it would not surprise me to see his contract in the $17 million range. 
Um, and again, we have a ton of money. Um, and I'd be for it. I, I think, I think the writing is, I think everything is like, like what, what Jay said, you know, that, the, or, or what we, both of you guys said, really the, the Dallas connection with Eberflus is huge, right? He knows him as a player. Uh, now, did he play cornerback or safety when Eberflus was there? When did he switch? Do he, you guys know? He was playing safety uh, when Eberflus was there. He switched in 2018 when Eberflus came to Indy. So they technically had him playing safety, but it was one of those things. I think he hadn't played enough corner for them uh, in their minds for them to uh, play him at corner. Uh, they just kind of didn't know what to do with him early on, which, yeah, could be that could be an issue for uh, Iberflus. But I don't know. Um, he's also one little thing here, which is going to interest a lot of Colts fans, I'm sure, is that he's never he's missed one game in his career. He'd come here and miss 11. Yeah, oh yeah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right away, right? I think that's what our that's what the typical fan base would say. He, uh, something was following him in the locker room as he's signing the deal. <laughs> he's he, he'd trip, tear his ACL while getting a tour of the facility. Um, and they would still blame the team doctors, which, you know, someone breaks a pinky or a hand, it's immediately the team doctor's fault of course. Um, that's my favorite. Like, like Jay, as much as I talk shit about Paris Campbell, the kid went through a hell of a lot last year. And when he, when he broke his hand, right? Like that was his last injury. He broke his hand. Yep. Okay. Actually, no, I think he hurt his foot. He came back from the hand and then he uh, hurt his foot. Okay. Well, we won't get into that whole conversation, but if someone breaks their hand, it's not a fucking team doctor's fault. And people need to get over that, like, real quick. It really, really bothers me when people talk about that. That has nothing yeah, to do the with the foot, team doctors. Oh. And the foot, was a, the foot was a bone issue. He got tackled on the sideline, and the person landed on his foot and broke a bone in his foot. So it's like, that's again, that's nothing to do with the team doctor. It's not a soft tissue injury. It's not like he wasn't drinking enough milk. Hey, Eleanor. <laughs> Just a baby making an appearance. First time. Hey, I think all all of your kids have now made an appearance on the podcast at one point or another. They they're all famous. They're all famous. That's exactly. Um, okay, so I, he and honestly, when I look through the cornerback free agent stuff, I do not really see any other cornerbacks that really make sense for us or that I even know. So I'll, I'll, I'll assess my ignorance there. Um, so I, I mean, I don't yeah, really, it's I don't, it's not just you on the cornerback class. It's a bunch of guys that are going to be your third corner if you're if that's what you're looking for. There's maybe Trey Wayne's if you talk yourself into him being okay, but that's about as good as it gets. He's like really slow, isn't he? No, Wayne's is super fast somehow, but he'll just get burned all the time. Okay, um, your boy. I'm looking at this list right now. Your boy uh, Vernon Hargraves is on there. He's not very good. Yeah, I think uh, he was the one that tweeted at me the other day and said that I was stupid for not having him on the list because he's a beast. Did he really? No, it wasn't him. It was some person. Uh, some person tweeted oh, at no, me. And it was, I, it I it just was said, for sure him then. It yeah, it was him on a burner. It's a burner. Um, the only person I can really see on this list that would maybe interest me at all in the smallest bit would be Ronald Darby. Um, but I think he's burnt toast as well. So... Um, 
he's got an interesting athletic profile and he's 26. I don't know if you guys can hear that snoring sound. That would be my dog. Um, but anyways, another area that we have to address is safety. Um, love me some Malik Hooker. I think Kari did a great job last year um, as, as a strong safety. And Odom, sorry to anyone who didn't get to see me eat the hat. I did eat it. It was delicious. Um, he played well as, you know, you know, at times, but we definitely need another safety. Um, especially a strong safety because I don't think Willis, I think there needs to be a rotation there. Um, but the only, the only person that I was interested in at safety for the free agent class, um, got tagged was Justin Simmons. Um, so I don't really know, um, looking at this list, that's not, necessarily um super intriguing i though i could see a, a connection with jeff jeff heath with Everflus. um would not advocate for that signing but it's something that could happen um, but i definitely think we need another strong safety um for a rotation um and so it'd be really interesting to see um you know if they address that at all in free agency or the draft or, or whatever. I, now, get, now, don't get me wrong. I think Carl Willis will be the starter, um, but I don't think they're bringing back um, Gethers. Um, I think that's a foregone conclusion. So they'll definitely need someone else um, to, to play in that in that role, in the dime, you know, that dime backer. It's not going to be Quincy. He's burnt toast as well. So, um, well, it'll be interesting. Um, what other free agents can you guys possibly see for the Colts that you'd want to talk about tonight? Um, so I've got a few that I still like. Um, if they're not going for Clowney, uh, the next defensive end that I would be interested in is um, Shaq Lawson. Pretty sure he got tagged as well. Did he get tagged? God. Okay, that has happened uh, since I've been on quarantine, so I didn't notice that. I think um, so. Wait, wait, you said Shaq Lawson or... Um, yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought you said Shaq Barrett. Shaq Lawson oh, no. has not been tagged. And yeah, that would be interesting. I was going to say, he's, he, I don't think uh, Buffalo really wants anything to do with him right now, unfortunately, uh, for them, because he's still a good player. Uh, I think he's still... Uh, I think he turns 28 this year. Um I'd, I'd really like Shaq Lawson uh, as a defensive end. I think he's still good, and I'd want him on the team. He'd be good in a uh, Jabal Sheard role if they're going to let him walk. Um, Hunter Henry got tagged, so yes. that was yeah, about yeah. the only tight end worth time on the market. Ebron? Um, uh, tight end worth time, I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's one more safety I still like. I still like uh, Adrian Phillips from uh mm. Los Angeles by way of San Diego. Yeah. He's good. He was He good. makes a lot of sense in this defense, especially in the gathers role. If you're losing that type of player, you can get somebody who's probably a little bit better and certainly more durable. I, I like Phillips a lot. Yeah, and they rotate their safeties a lot, so I'm not too worried about is, is that gonna mean that he's starting or Kari Willis. They do a lot of rotating their safeties. Yeah, I would not I Honestly, if they sign somebody at that level, I would sort of expect them to be the starter on the depth chart, and I expect them to play equal amount of stats or snaps. So I, I assume people, if that happens, people will probably be upset. But I mean, Willis was good enough last year that I, I 
I'm not sure he's going to be starting, but I think certainly an equal rotation is uh, it should be expected. Yep. I and then uh, would, DJ Reader's still out there too. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did not talk about DJ Reader. I... Please, okay, we should talk about that because I, I mean that's the number that we're seeing for him. Like I don't fourteen million. I, I think was what I saw. I that's preposterous. If you're not yeah. going to take Derek Brown at thirteen, I'm not going to take pay fourteen million just to have DJ Reader play on first down. How much did you see for him? Fourteen. Am, am I way off? Hold on. Let me look. Let me see if I can. There you go. Market value. 11, well, 12. That's, I mean, okay, that's a little better, but still, I, I, I still am against that, I think. I, I, I mean, I love him as a, as for what he is. I think all of those tackles are awesome, and he's the most awesome, but I, I have no interest in paying him that much money. Especially because, think about it, when he's a fifth-round pick, I mean, there's a lot of... There's, there, there are dudes out there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And his, you, you, got, you got good production out of Marcus Hunt for one year at, like... But he was dead in the water. Yeah. You can find those tackle production. I mean, I mean, Grover Stewart is played well, right? And he was, um, wasn't he a fifth round pick? Uh, yeah, small school guy. It took him a little bit to get adjusted. He's super athletic. Um, he's not nearly as good as Reader. Let's make sure we're clear on that. Um, but you don't need a nose tackle, so. Let me see here if I can see find DJ Reader's um, percent of snaps. Um, they actually played him sixty percent of the time. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It may be me being influenced by a small sample size, but late in the year and the playoff games uh, the Texans had, DJ Reader was a monster inside, even on passing downs, and was consistently getting pressure on that defensive line. He was the best defensive lineman they had. He was great in that Bills game, if I remember. Yeah, the Bills game and the uh, KC game. At the start of the game, he was just killing the the uh, Chiefs' offensive line, and then eventually they figured it out and obviously murdered them. But he was he was really good in those. I have watched four of his games to end the year, and uh, I that's maybe I'm being influenced by that, but. I'd be willing to pay for it and put him in basically the same role they've got Grover Stewart, Stewart playing all his time and be a much better pass rusher. That's what I would put him in. I think I have um, some interest in at general, wide receiver. Tackles, I agree. I have some interest at uh, wide receiver too. I think um, I'm, that's the one spot that's sort of up in the air right now because Funches could really realistically come back. You don't really know. Um, I think what my ideal situation is, is you sign somebody to a Funchess or Funchess-like deal, which is sort of a one-year, maybe two-year deal, get a good veteran, but not somebody who's going to demand a lot of snaps. You draft a rookie, maybe not at 13, maybe at 13, um, to develop and play. And then you could roll out of four legitimate receivers, and if Paris or some rookie doesn't work out, maybe uh, this veteran can stick around if it's somebody young enough. So I'm thinking of guys like uh, my ideal target is Robbie Anderson. There seems to be momentum that he's coming back to the Jets, I believe. But he would be, uh, I mean, you talk about a deep threat. You That's uh, what this offense needs. And we've been saying it for a while. We thought we had it with Moncrief, RIP. Uh, I don't think that's what Paris is right now. Um, so I think that would be a really interesting addition. Um, if you're maybe planning on taking somebody at 13, 
uh, or late burst, I think Brashad Perryman as sort of a fourth receiver could be interesting, depending on uh, the money you're giving him. Um, Fudges, again, I, I fourth Fudges coming back. And then I really like what Emmanuel Sanders did last year. I know he's old. I know he's coming off of a serious injury just a year ago, and you never know how that's going to hold up. But I really liked what he did last year. And um, he see that the offense for the 49ers before and after that trade was a meaningful difference. And I think uh, he plays a game that shouldn't age too poorly. Um, So for a one-year deal, especially if uh, he's getting probably, I don't know, there was that report from uh, KP that he was getting offered five to six for one year and he turned it down. So even seven to eight for one year, or even the nine that Bob just got, I think it's perfectly reasonable. Would you pay Amari Cooper? I would not. I just, I don't, I've never loved Cooper. I think he's a good player. I'm not sure that's what you want to do with your resources here and lock him as your long-term receiver too. I think it's interesting. What does Spotrack have it as? So Spotrack has him at 19.6 million. A year? That's 19.7 a year for Amari. Oh, no, that's the hardest no you could ever. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I thought we were talking maybe like 13, 12. That's 20 million. Robbie Anderson is at 12 million a year. Yeah, that's out. That's great. But yeah, that's the I'm way out on Cooper at that number. I mean, like Cooper is a cool player. You like some of the highlights. You like some of the memories you have of you love him at Alabama. But then you sort of uh, compare that number to say, okay, do I want 20 million in this guy? This hurt maybe overrated, not super productive receiver or getting clowny or getting uh, Byron sort of becomes hard to justify that, especially because, like you said, like Robbie Anderson for 12, like, come on, that's so much better. If I had to, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're paying that much for a guy that I don't think anybody would be like, that's my wide receiver one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. If I had to pick like one, uh, if I had to pick one expensive free agent, I'd take Robbie Anderson. He's a good player. If I had to take one cheap free agent wide receiver, which it could be, I would go with Rashad Higgins from Cleveland. Not treated, That's a good choice, too. Not treated well at all um, by Cleveland. I don't know what his whole history is. I don't know any of that. He's a good player. He just never saw the field. Um, so I'd be interested to see what he could do in a new situation, which is what, something I think he'd need. Um, so I'd be all over him if that would be a good signing. Um, I'd be interested to see if they brought Funches back for another one-year deal. Um, that would be interesting um, just to see because, you know, he broke his clavicle, right? Um, that's hard to come back from uh, or not hard to come back from. It's just a long recovery. Um, and he's still only 26 years old, I think. So um, not too bad. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole wide receiver class this year for free agents is just a bunch of guys that are kind of middle of the ground guys. So I'm not crazy about any of them. I'd rather just pay or just draft one to two wide receivers. The one that I'm interested in wouldn't be too expensive. And I think would be your good wide receiver for, I'd rather have him than like a Zach Pascal or somebody uh, is Tajay Sharp from Tennessee. Mm. Um, He's consistently been a pretty good receiver. He just had bad quarterbacks and uh, then got passed up by A.J. Brown turning into a god. (laughs) Okay. 
All right. Well, what do you guys you guys feel good about this? First time back on the on the horse after a long time. I think we've covered pretty much everywhere. Um, offensive line, right? We talked about Costanza coming back. I, um, people, the only one that I would have been interested in was paying a lot of money to would have been Scherf. Um, but he got tagged, um, and it would only be to replace Glowinski, who is a average player. People need to get over that. We went so long without without good offensive linemen outside of Costanzo, and now it's we got to replace Glow, move Braden inside. Braden is a great right tackle. Leave him there. Glowinski is like an average, maybe a little bit below average guard. He's fine. Um, you know, we don't have to necessarily stress. Now get competition in there for him. Right, um, but yeah. So offensive line, I'm not really worried about. Tight end, Austin Hooper, um, gonna be super expensive, um, and I would kind of. I'm not interested in that really. Um, yeah, maybe. Do we? If we just want to name a couple guys that we're, you know, are, are stay away from them, uh, guys. Uh, I would definitely put Hooper on there. Um, yeah. Quickly, PF. PFF says that he was one of the worst tight ends in the league. If he's actually single covered, like man coverage, he can find holes in zones. But if he's actually covered by somebody, he does almost nothing. And then uh, Yannick Ngakwe is going to cost a ton of money, going to cost a draft pick to get him, and is only a good, not great pass rusher and a pretty weak run defender. And that's a pretty big no for me. I uh, I really like... Um... I'm just looking through this now. Um, I think there's some. Uh, we don't like Hooper. We don't uh, sign him in for. Actually, I sort of, I'm okay with Hooper, but uh, at, at tight end, I think uh, I really am still intrigued by Vance McDonald. Maybe I shouldn't be at this point, but I think that's interesting. I think tight end's an important position just because I don't think it's something, especially in this terrible class, uh, that's not really something you want to spend a draft pick on. But I mean, just running out Doyle and. Mo Alley Cox, who's forever my favorite player, but still, that's not a uh, it's not a great group, and you want a third guy in there probably, especially how much as much as they like two ten ends. So I'm looking at uh, McDonald, I uh, maybe Blake Bell, and especially um, I would love them to see to go after uh, Jacob Hollister. I really liked what he did with Seattle, especially he was sort of my uh, when I was I bet uh, against. Seattle a fair amount last year and uh, had Russell Wilson in my fantasy league. So I watched a lot of Seattle and I always felt either the best or worst depending on the scenario. But I felt I, the, his, uh, the players I was most scared of was Tyler Lockett. And for a lot of the season, it was the, the tight end over Metcalf, um, either Hollister or Luke Wilson or that other guy they had in there. So uh, that'd be a guy I'd like to go after. Yeah. So, I don't really have I don't I don't really know any of the tight ends like super well. Um, I did not watch very much football last year, being super depressed about Andrew Luck. Um, but I would I, I joined Jay on the stay away from Austin Hooper list. Jay actually had to leave, so um, he's left us. Um, so, but let's call it an evening, um, Alex. I hope your quarantine stays well. Um, stay safe out there. Hopefully you've got enough TP to last you through this disastrous time. Um, and, uh, we'll be back. I don't know when, um, but we will sooner than the last time, sooner than the last time, which is a long time. Um, but what we will do, um, 
It is, we'll come back with quarterback takes um, and probably wrap up that free agency for you guys. Um, so I hope y'all are social distancing yourselves well. Listen to scientists. 